0: In our readings today, as well as response we psalm, we hear of God who hears and listens to our whispers, to our longings, to our cries. We hear examples of how God, in his mercy, inspires those who are in great need, mortal danger, to call upon him. You know, um, Maybe just a brief summary of the events from the Book of Esther, because it gives gives us the the context in which this prayer is formed in the heart of of Queen Esther. Uh, Mordecai is a is a Jewish Jew who lives in exile, as you know, at the end of the uh, in sixth century before Christ, 587. As you know, the, the, Jew, the Jewish people were not only attacked, but many were led uh, as exiles, were taken into captivity. So the many Jews were scattered throughout the, uh, the whole M- Middle East. What we have here also is not only Mordecai, but he finds, discovers a plot to kill the king and he uh, informs the king about the plot, which turns out to be true. And so Mordecai, on one level, who is a man of God, he does care for the king, you know, even though being taken as as an exile, taken into captivity, and yet there's a goodness in his heart. But the king soon forgets what he did and then the second aspect of the of the story of king queen aster is that there's this new prime minister called Haman and he's the one who wants total obedience from everybody he must be quite talented the king entrusts everything to him he trusts him uh, and he on the other hand expects complete obedience uh, and in this case Marduk Mordecai, who is an observant Jew, can only, he cannot offer him this type of, 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 uh, of acknowledgement uh, or, or perhaps even consider him to be a deity because he knows that God is the only one who not who, who, uh, who, who just deserves our respect, but he's the only one that we should acknowledge truly as God. So uh, Haman is furious with him because he says, "Why don't you? Why aren't you doing this?" He says, "I'm a Jew. I, I, I believe in God. I only offer this type of honor and reverence to God. God alone." So Haman is very upset, furious with this type of answer. He wants to eliminate not only Mordecai, but also all the Jewish people because he feels that they will not be subservient, that they will not, they will not be forced to, um, to reverence him and as a type of great, almost deity. So what he does is he uh, comes up with a plan. He uh, comes up with a plan that there's a sect of people who are rebellious, who will not be obedient to the king. And so he decrees this order to eliminate all the Jews from the kingdom. Uh, he, the, the king, Ahasuerus, or Xerxes, as he's known, he has complete confidence in him, so he gives him, without even reading the proclamation, he gives him his, his, uh, his seal. And so, of course, the, it's, a, it's a decree of the king. And now Mordecai realizes what's going on, and, and he goes into a public fasting Public, you know, goes into the into the prayer mode, asking God for the reversal because otherwise, all the Jews in the kingdom will be killed, as under the under the uh, sort of decree, royal decree, but also guidance that they are rebellious, that they are they are they are a source, the enemy within, so they have to be eliminated. Now Mordecai knows uh, Esther. Esther is one of the one of the uh, candidates for being the queen, uh, and and she uh, being being one of them, she doesn't have the strength, the courage to go. Mordecai is telling her, "You've got to go and tell the king what's going on, because you you too, you're a Jewish. Ultimately, you'll be eliminated as well. Not only I. Mordecai was like a spiritual guide." And, and advisor, mentor for, for Queen Esther. Now, but the prayer begins today, Queen Esther sees with mortal anguish. So what was the anguish? Two things, one is her whole nation, all the people are right now are facing extermination. It's one level, including her friend, a neutral spiritual guide, including the, the, the wise mentor Mordecai. So, not only that, but as Mordecai says to her, you also be eliminated. Now, the second aspect of her anguish is that she knows that she needs to do something to go to the king, but to be uninvited by the king was a death penalty. So, if she goes to the king's headquarters, to his place, she will be killed. So, here it is, the mortal anguish is there's no choice. If she does not act, her whole nation, and possibly he, she herself could be spared because as a queen, she would be spared. But on the second, second anguish is that if she goes, then she will face death because she would, would have to be uninvited. So what does she do? She asks her, 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 her companions to fast and pray. She asked the people, Mordecai and others, to fast and pray. Ask God for strength. What is she to do? And so there she is the day before she attempts to go to the king. She lays prostrate upon the ground together with her handmaids from morning until evening. She prays, and then the prayer that she utters God, you are God of the living. God, you are alive. You are the God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and God of Jacob. May you be blessed. Yes, the mortal anguish, but the prayer comes from the heart. She remembers. She remembers her faith. She remembers that God is a God who hears her. Help me, who am alone and have no help but you. It's an statement of profound faith. Yes, being pressed by the situation, being fearful, almost having no choice, and yet she turns to the God who knows there's a life, who can hear, who listens. I have no one but you. You're the only one that can help me from taking my life into my, in my hand. And then she says, going back, as a child, I used to hear from the books of my forefathers. I used to, I used to hear from the Bible, the books. I hear from the, from, from the Old Testament of my forefathers that you, O oh Lord, always free those who are pleasing to you. That God, you know, we have the examples of those who were trapped. You know, with this Joseph, of, you, know, you know, of Egypt. We have so many examples, the three youths. Some, the God is a God who can do something, God who can act. Now help me who I'm alone and have no one but you. She repeats the same phrase again. Oh Lord, you are my God. You are the God for my youth. And, and, and then, ah, uh, and now come to help me an orphan. Put in my mouth persuasive words in the presence of the king and turn his heart to hatred of our enemy. It's very, very important the way she says she wants the king to turn against his trusted prime minister, Haman, she trusts him with everything. So how is it possible that she can persuade him, the king, to turn against Haman and the decree, and that he and those who are in league with him may perish, save us from the hand of our enemies, turn our mourning into gladness, and our sorrows into wholeness. And we know that this prayer was heard by God, and she was able to enter the presence of the king without being killed. Yes, she turns to him and shares what's going on, and ultimately, as we know, that there's a reversal. The king who realizes that Haman took advantage, and the Haman who even wanted to kill her because she's Jewish, and not Mordecai, but also her too. And so the king, even though He had this complete confidence in him, in very, very, very efficient prime minister. And yet he realizes what's going on, the power of prayer, the power not only of her prayer, spending a whole day, not only day, because she was already praying prior, but just before she was able to enter the king's presence, on, on her face, lying on the floor, together with companions, others praying. I have to say this, John Paul II was known. Before many difficult decisions, he would go into a convent and he would just ask Mother Superior, can he use the chapel for prayer? Many a times, he would be, as the Mother Superiors in one situation and some mother as well, would see him lying prostrate on the ground, faced on, asking God for grace. He would spend hours, sometimes very long hours, and the Mother Superiors sometimes would sneak in into the chapel to see what's going on. A man of prayer before the decisions were made. man of prayer. I have to say that, you know, the Lord says to us today, Ask and you will be given, seek and you shall find, knock and it will be opened to you. I'm looking at the very examples of people who prayed. I, I have to say that it is this prayer, persevering prayer, deep, profound prayer of faith, and and trust in Him. You know, we do have those, those three acts which are so important for us. Act of faith, act of hope, and act of love. When we pray, we have to express our trust in Him. And it is true. You know, first of all, as Christians, as Catholics, as people of faith, we have to know and really truly accept that God hears us that God hears every whisper of our heart. Many times we feel, well, I'm not holy, I'm not this. You know, only God has his favorites, so you'll listen to them, but you will not listen to me. First of all, we have to say that God hears. God hears everyone, every whisper of our heart. He knows our hearts. He knows before we even tell him, he knows. But what he is asking from us is that we accept him as our Father, that we trust in him, that we rely on him, that he hears us. So first, is an act of faith. We know that He's real, that He hears us, and that, that He also is the God who, who wants our good. He wants our greatest good. He always wants us to, He wants to give us what is the best. So not only does He hear us, but He, he, is, he is God who cares, who loves, and He wants us to receive the best. So we have to have these two primary premises by which we start prayer because if you say God only hears someone or someone else, obviously we don't, then we lose because we feel we have distrust in our hearts. And and then secondly, we have to know with absolute knowledge that God is the one who did not spare His Son, who sent His Son so that He may offer everything to us, the greatest gift that He wants to give us, to be with Him, to trend, to make us holy, to make us holy, to live with Him forever. If He did not spare His Son, would He not give us everything else? Which means that in His goodness, his God who is gracious and good, and He wants to give us what is the best. And so these two preconditions we have to have when we pray. And then secondly, the Lord is asking us to be persevering, to persevere like the widow, you know, kept on going to the judge until he will grant the wishes. It is this, you know, the the, the crying of of those, you know, who wish to be healed by Jesus. Um, Yes, sometimes they were crying, you know, keep quiet because, you know, you're creating a a disturbance here. You know, have mercy on me. Lord, have mercy on me. You know, the prayer of persevering prayer, calling upon him. Then we need not only his knowledge, but we need this, this concept of trust. Because in his goodness, we know that he he can and he will offer and he will grant us the grace. When, again, it's up to him. You know, Father Seraphim was very, very uh, known for saying, I have asked, I have asked perseveringly, and I know that God will answer in his good time because he knows what the best time is. I don't know what the best time is. I do not know the grace that he wishes so he can modify the grace because I know that he will give me what is best. I remember many cases, those who were, receive extraordinary grace from God, healings or miracles which were approved by the church. It is, it is two dispositions. One is the person who is asking, but the one who asks in trust and confidence, and then often enough is a group of people that pray, intercede. It is, it is it is something for me to see how, you know, the people in, in a parish in Baltimore who are praying as a parish, spending their day of adoration and prayer, adoration of the Eucharist, and praying for their pastor. And then God gives the grace of healing for the pastor. It is the witness of Bob Dygen, who in his absolute confidence in God, his wife Maureen did not share that that trust But led by him, he was the one motivated. He invited others to come to join, receive the grace. I also remember many other situations where, you know, someone who, for the canonization of St. John Paul II of beatification, the first miracle, Sister Marie Pierre, who again, suffering from, 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 from Parkinson's, she asked the Lord, I accept everything. There's a, there's a predisposition of the heart. She knows that God can hear. She knows that as a woman religious, she trusted in him. But, but in this case, she says, I know the sickness is progressing, but I entrust everything to you. I accept my illness. I accept it with, with faith and trust that God, you who know the best, knows what's best for me. But her community, her community was praying. Community was praying. On the day of the dying of St. John Paul II, they ask him for the grace, and and she receives the grace of healing. Um, Many times people don't seem to receive the grace. How many times people come and they share with me, I've been praying for my son and daughter for decades. I've been praying, I've been praying, asking Our Lady, and it seems like there's nothing happens. And yet I say, continue. Because it's not just a grace like Monica who prays for his son. You know, 20 years seems to be like a like a like a number. The Lord seems to hear the prayers. I have examples of sister who prayed for her sister who was who was, who was a drug addict total. She was wiped out for 20 years. She prayed and begged the Lord on her on her knees, spending hours upon hours before the Eucharist. And then 20 years after a prayer, which I know personal witness, I you know, she came back and her sister was completely healed without going through any programs, without anything else. She got married, she began to support her family. She's a woman of faith. This is the type of prayer. And I can multiply the examples because I have for my personal life, you know how many times I prayed for years for a particular intention, feeling that what's the use? You know, maybe the Lord wants me to carry this cross. Not that I lack faith, but I see well Lord wants to have me carry this cross longer because by carrying the cross I turn to him more often because I have to call upon him so much more and maybe the Lord knows me so well so that therefore I can I you know he wants to give me this type of cross prolong a period of time because it gives me the predisposition to rely on him to know him that he's there to call upon him you know he wants me to 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 carry that cross because it is something which is great of great importance to me because otherwise I would probably not pray I would not be trusting as much I would not rely on him as much so There's a a great, great gift that God gives to us even through the crosses because we are united with him sometimes even through sickness. If it wasn't for sickness, sometimes when I was young, uh, you know, uh, through an accident, I would not have prayed. I would not have prepared myself, and I would open my heart to God. So I see the goodness of God. Even in difficulties, in trials, actually God can help us to recognize him but He is the God, as Jesus says today, who gives what we ask. God's timing. He He uh, opens the door when we knock. So we knock. Yes, but it seems like I am knocking. But it seems like the Lord doesn't seem to always respond. But we have to remember that you know uh, the. Uh, we know, it, it is our act of faith which is so necessary. And then the last one, which says, and anyone who, who seeks will find to seek. Seek the Lord first, seek him, seek his kingdom, and everything else will be given to you. So to seek God, to seek his will, to desire that, that his will may be done is part and parcel of our prayer of trust. And then finally, I I am so astounded by what the Lord says. He says, he says, gives comparison. You know, uh, which of you would hand his son a stone when he asked for a loaf of bread or snake when he asked for a fish? If you, in your own limitations, in your own sinfulness, in your own brokenness, in your own sometimes even broken, evil heart, he says, if you know what to give to your children, who is best. Do you think that the Heavenly Father will give you less? Do you think that He will disregard your prayer? Do you think that when you pray that He will not give you grace of the Holy Spirit? There are so many gifts that He wishes to bestow, but He wants to transform us. The prayer that we ask for is not only gifts that we are to receive, the gifts that we seek, but is it the gifts and the holiness and the power of divinity that God wants to give us. And prayer is the thing, that the very means by which we open ourselves to receive these wonderful, extraordinary blessings of God. Because otherwise we limit God. When you ask for a particular thing, you know, it's it's just like we wish only this, not something else. God wants us to open our hearts completely to Him because that's when He gives us not only the things that we may seek but only the things that will help us along the way. Because sometimes things could actually not lead us to Him, but could lead us away from Him. But God wishes and always desires to give us His Son, to give us divine gifts, and above all, the gift to be like Him. That is the path. This is why we're here on this earth. This is why He made us, so that we may share and partake of the divine life for all eternity. The path by which we do so, as we know, is prayer, all of us. So let us keep on praying perseveringly. Pray, whether it's novenas, trust, rosaries, all those means by which we have at our disposal. But the underpinnings of all the prayers has to be a dialogue with God, as we know, it has to be dialogue where we accept Him. We know that His He's God of. Of, of not only of greatness, power, but he is also God of love, God who can be trusted, God who has these special things for us, and that he hears us, always hears us, and he'll always respond to us, because what father, what mother, when, when a son or daughter asks for good, that he will turn away from us. So maybe then today, through the sacred liturgy, through the words that we hear, that we may be encouraged and deepened in our life of prayer and to see this beautiful example of Esther when she calls upon, you are the God and I have no one else. You are alone, are the source. And we know that somehow, somehow, those prayers will be manifested to us and then somehow God will grant us that gift of profound transformation through His Through His love, through His mercy, He can be trusted. But for us, we keep on praying, Jesus, I trust in You. A blood and water which gush forth from the heart of Jesus as the fountain of mercy for us, I trust in You. For the sake of His sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. The prayer of our Father, the prayer of Hail Mary, the prayer of the Rosary, powerful tools for us to receive the grace that God wishes to be so upon us, for we truly trust in Him.
1: Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's MICPrayers.org.